the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hi, everybody. Ron Geyer with End Time Insights. Thanks again for listening. We appreciate it so, so much. You know, our goal, as we tell you all the time, is just to try to reconnect the church with what's happening in our nation today. You know, we have a heart from God. We have a uh, ministry that we, we used to actually be involved politically as far as election judges and precinct chairman. And we combine that with our learned, uh, that we've got some great people out there. We've learned it. We've studied. We've taught the Constitution. We've taught about the Bill of Rights, and then we connect that with the church because, you know, one of the big lies that the church has suffered through the last few decades is that we're not to be involved. We have no civil responsibility, and nothing could be further from the truth. And so now during this pandemic, as it were, and, uh, you know, don't forget the pandemic, well, sure, the disease is real, and yeah, people are dying, and yes, it's a shame, but at the end of the day, it's not as bad as they're making it, and they've used it to shut the church off. Matter of fact, just last week in California, they forbid people to worship the Lord without any mask on, thinking that they were spraying the germs in the church. I mean, there's just been a whole bunch of deception, and they've got an opportunity to go ahead and shut us down now, and they're trying their best. But I want to talk to you, though. Uh, you know, I've been reading in the Old Testament, and lots of times I'm looking for scriptures just to get the the voice of the prophet from uh, 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago. You know, America is exactly like Israel. When Israel got in trouble, it was because of their sin. And because he's a God of love, because he doesn't change, he wants relationship with us, he yearns for intimacy with us. Because that's the heart of God, he always sends repentance and he always sends a prophet with a voice of a warning and he always allows things to happen in the forms of remedial judgments so that we would, he would get our attention and he could say, hey, this is wrong, guys. Idol worship, it's wrong. Come back to me. Let me deliver you. And Israel would repent and they would come back and things would go well and that would do for a while. And then Israel, just like America, would fall back into sin and they start doing things that showed that they didn't love God, they didn't know God, and he would send the prophets again. And this repeated on and on and on and on. Now we're in America, and, you know, the Bible talks about the fact that the lessons in the Bible, they were written so that we would have an idea of how God wanted to deal with us as a nation. And yet it seems that those nations are going unheeded. I mean, just look at the fact, the depth of the depravity in America. We've murdered over 60 million of our children before they even got out of the womb. Even Sodom and Gomorrah never did that. Even the Jews and the pagan world, they never did that. Man is the only creature, modern-day man, millennial man, is the only person that's ever bothered to go into the womb of the mother to destroy the life of the child. That is sick. That is depraved. That is demonic. And yet God has warned us over and over and over again 
And we have not heeded those warnings. And now the fruit of that is depraved sexual behavior in our nation. Homosexuals now, we not only allow it, we promote it, we fund it, we pass laws to defend it. We're just going in the wrong direction. And don't think for a second God is not talking to us. And that's what I want to talk to you about. That's why I want to give you the scripture in Ezekiel. It's Ezekiel chapter 7. I wasn't looking for this. I just came across it in my reading. But it's really good. And Ezekiel, Ezekiel was a prophet, and he lived during the time of Jeremiah, but Ezekiel was a prophet who had been taken captive in one of the earliest attacks upon Israel and Jerusalem. And so he brought Ezekiel to Babylon. So Ezekiel prophesied from Babylon, while Jeremiah prophesied from Israel. Jeremiah was still in Israel. He was still in uh, Jerusalem, and he was prophesying to the Jews about their coming judgment, their coming doom. And Ezekiel was doing this from Babylon, and this is what Ezekiel wrote. An end, this is Ezekiel chapter 7, verses 3 through 4. An end, the end has come upon the four corners of the land, that land being Israel. Now the end has come upon you, and I will send my anger upon thee, and I will judge thee according to thy ways. So we see that God is saying, okay, this is an end. I'm out of, pro- I'm out of patience, man. You, you've done it. You've sinned. You, you're going to pay the price here. This is not a warning like Jeremiah would give to them, or even like Jonathan Kahn in America goes down to uh, the Supreme Court when they were about to vote on the gay marriage issue, and he warned them that you cannot do this. You cannot shake your fist in the face of God. God has a divine order. But the people, the Supreme Court, seven people in black robes went ahead and they made a decree that changed the divine order that said marriage. Marriage is not between a man and a woman. We defy God. We rebuke his word. We do not receive it. And they changed it. And America is paying the penalty for that. And Jonathan Kahn was sent by God to speak to them the day before they voted. And just like that, this is also Ezekiel talking. I will repay you for all your abominations, says the Lord. My eye will not spare you, nor will I have pity. But I will repay your ways and your abominations will be in your midst. And then he tells you why he does that. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. That is so important. I said this earlier in the program. God loves us. He wants to know us intimately. He created you. You were designed for fellowship with him. You were designed for fellowship with one another. He's a God of fellowship. He's a God of intimacy. And yet, when we disobey him, there is a price to pay because he knows that the things that we're doing are violating that opportunity for that intimacy with him and with one another. You know, Diane and I, my wife and I, our close friends, we often speak about the last days. The Bible has a lot to talk about the last days. Our program is called End Time Insights or Last Days Insights. We read the Bible and we are letting you know, just like the old prophets, I'm not a prophet. I'm just a guy that reads the Bible, that loves God, that loves you, that loves America. But we read the Bible and we get these warnings from God. They were put there for us. The Old Testament was written as a type and a shadow to let us know the pitfalls, the dangers ahead of us in our life's walk with the Lord. And when we reject that life, when we choose to go down our own path, certain things are going to happen, and that's why God put them in the book. So we're sharing with you now out of the book of Ezekiel. The Bible, it provides the roadmap. The roadmap. It fills in a lot of the details about what's going to happen in these last days. Then we look at our current situation in America, both carnally and spiritually, and we put the pieces together And we have a fairly good understanding of not just about the what's going on, but also why is this stuff going on? The Bible talks about in Proverbs that he that walks in the fear of the Lord, he understands all things. 
I don't claim to understand all things, but because I have a healthy respect for the Lord, because I walk in the fear of the Lord, because I seek the face of God, I am privileged to be able to see what's going on behind the scenes, as it were, in the realm of the Spirit. Look at this. Let's go back a little bit to three years. God in his goodness, he gave us President Trump. People may disagree about their feelings about President Trump, but, you know, President Trump, he's not a deliverer for our nation like Moses or David. He's more like a shepherd, in a sense, trying to guide America back on the right track. And for those of you that might dispute that, I can list so many things that he's done that support the Bible, that support the Word of God, that support God's agenda for our nation. Number one, his defense of Israel is out there for all to see. His defense of the church, he met, threw back the Johnson Amendment, which was taking money from the church. That's another story in itself, but that's one of the things that he did, just so that you can understand that he's a man that defended the church. He hates abortion. He's tried to defund it on many levels. He's a man of law and order. He hates lawlessness. And he has a love for all legal Americans. I know there's lies being spread about all that. But if you listen to the words of Trump and not to the words of the media, you'll go straight to the horse's mouth and you can make your own decision. Trump had great successes in the first three years of his presidency. But they were all his. He got little help from the church. Half the church loved Trump and voted for him. The other half thinks he's the Antichrist. They think he's the devil. And this is within the church. And we need to come out there and we need to start telling people within the church the truth about what's going on. But Trump didn't get elected because of the evangelical vote. He got elected because blacks and women voted for him as never before. Spanish, Anglo, rich and poor, they are the ones that elected President Trump. Basically, Americans elected President Trump to office and God had his hand in that. So now we're looking at the inability of the church or perhaps the unwillingness of the church to take advantage of this gift that God has given to America. Remember, the alternative would have been having someone like Hillary Clinton, who is a socialist. She would have taken away your liberty. She would have outlawed the Bible. She would have redone the Supreme Court. And we would be living, we'd be speaking some type of communist language right now because our liberties would have been taken away in just a quick manner. They're still under assault today, and yet this is with a church on the earth still. You know, this type of situation where our liberties are being stolen from us, where we're living under forced rules and mandates that have nothing to do with uh, the benefit of the American people, this is like tribulation living. This is what it's going to look like uh, when the church is gone. But the church is here now, but in a sense the church is gone. We've been quiet. We haven't done anything about it. But look at this. Knowing that this is all going on, and the church really hasn't done anything to help the president, to help our nation. Basically, we've sat back. We let Trump do everything. You know, we let him fight his own battles. We have not been the spiritual undergirding that he needs to be successful in the realm of the spirit. And so what's happened now, they've got him in a corner and they're taking away our liberties. You know, you can't shop where you want to. You can't go where you want to. You have to wear a mask. Uh, you are not allowed to open your business if the government deems it non-essential. This is tyranny, folks. This is a usurpation of your rights. It's a violation of the constitutional. Governor Abbott, who started out so well, he's now siding with the mayor and uh, County Judge Hill Doggo telling us the Texans must wear a mask, certain businesses must, must close. That's cowardice. These are violations of the Constitution. They do not have the right. He's got to go through, like every other leader, he's got to go through the proper channels. The Texas has a legislature just like um, the nation does. We've got a Supreme Court just like the nation does. And we've got uh, a place where this business should be done, where they pass laws. He cannot make laws indiscriminately. That is not his role. 
Now, the church had a wonderful opportunity with church, he, with, with President Trump. He protected us. We were allowed to go out there and preach the gospel. He, he uh, kept the liberals from defunding us and bringing our, our monies under the subject of the tax laws here. And he protected us against that. He gave us, he freed us from the persecution, from the people that were making laws that were outlawing the church's behavior. And now you see it now. Governor Newsom in California has got the people shutting down churches. Uh, Mayor Turner frankly admitted, I just as soon shut down the churches, but I can't do that. But I will mandate that they must wear a mask in churches. They're doing everything they can to silence the voice of the church. To me, it's not that hard. We haven't been speaking anyway, but it's time for us to recognize what's going on. It's time to realize that we need to step out into the realm of the spirit and we need to defend our nation because at the end of the day, these attacks against America, they are spiritual in nature. And that's where our jurisdiction is, church. Behold, I give you might. I give you power. I give you dominion over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. This is the mandate that God gave to the church. And it's not just for winning souls. It's for defending our freedoms also. Don't forget the Bill of rights, the Constitution, they guarantee us our freedoms. The, the the government of America was not designed to give you freedom. They acknowledge in the Bill of Rights, these freedoms are from God. They are inalienable rights, and they are a God gift to us. When the government was established, we gave them the authority to guard those freedoms, not to take them away from us. And they didn't give them to us. They don't have the right to take them away from us, and yet that's what's going on right now. Let's go back to Ezekiel's warning. Oh, you know, I, and I want to get to the point that all of this is because of sin. All of this is because we have neglected God. All of this is because we have told God we don't need you. All of this has become um, the mantra of the left that, you know, socialism. Socialism is a substitution for a godly government. In, in America, God, we worship God. President Trump has it right. And we've got God as the titular head and the realistic head of our government. It's one nation under God with liberty and justice for all. Socialism, there's no God in socialism. The state becomes God. The state is the one that gives you or takes away your freedoms. And this is what we need to understand. This is what we're up against. This is the battle that we're facing. Let's look at uh, chapter 7 again in Ezekiel and read some of this. Look at Ezekiel's warning. I won't even call it a warning. Basically, it's a decree. Ezekiel acknowledges the time has passed. God's out of patience. You're going to be destroyed, Israel. And an end, he says in verse 5. The end has come upon the four corners of the land. Now the end has come upon you. And God says, I'm going to send my anger upon thee, and I will judge thee according to thy ways. My personal opinion is even though that was written for Israel, a disobedient Israel during the time of Ezekiel, it applies to America today. Look at this. You think God is pleased with the murder of 3,000 children a day before they even get out of the womb? Do you think God is a promoter of homosexuality where his divine order has been compromised, an order that has been in place for 6,000 years, and man in all of his abominable uh, rebellion stands up and shakes their fist in God's face and says, you do not make the rules here. I'm telling you, he's God, we're not and we are going to face punishment. And I think part of this right now is going on. One of the um, commentators calls it, the words here, an end, those are exclamatory end that me- uh, words. That means that this is the message in its entirety. This is the end. The time of patience was over. There was to be no more waiting. And this is what happened with Israel. They were destroyed. Nebuchadnezzar, they destroyed. They burnt Jerusalem to the ground. And this is as bad as it got in Israel. America is fast-tracking toward the same kind of judgment about God. 
God says, verses 5 through 7, Thus saith the Lord, a disaster, a singular disaster. Behold, it has come. That disaster was going to be the armies of Nebuchadnezzar going there to burn Israel to the ground, to burn Jerusalem to the ground. The end has come. It is dawn for you. Behold, it has come. Doom has come to you and to you who dwell in the land. God's vengeance, you know, sometimes it seems to slumber and sinners, we dream it will never awaken. You know, God, don't worry about God. You know, that's down the road. But here the prophet is assuring the sinners of Jerusalem and the people of Jerusalem that God has awakened his vengeance, which now watches to take the first opportunity or rather to hasten their judgment. The point I'm trying to make here is that America is in the same place. Okay, we've got a virus. People are saying it's the devil. Well, I think that's a I think that's false. I think God is judging our nation. I'm sorry. And we need not blame the devil for doing the work of God. God loves us, so he judges us. Understand, God, he is word bound. His word binds him. He is not he cannot violate his word. You know, his word is alive and powerful. It's the beginning and it's the end. The, there's only one thing God exalts above his name. And what's that? That's his word. Heaven and earth will pass away. God's word will never pass away. And it's important that he honors his word because he loves us. He has to honor his word. You must understand that. When mom and dad punished me when I disobeyed them, sometimes they washed my mouth out with soap. Sometimes they gave me the strap. But it was because they loved me. But today's church in America, I'm sw- we have swallowed the lies of the enemy. The, the hyper grace message came in and they said, we don't need to repent of our sin. God took care of that at the cross with Jesus Christ. There's a half truth in there. But at the end of the day, every time you sin, you need to repent. You need to get clean. The Bible says, how many times shall I forgive my friend if he sinned against me? Jesus told him 490 times. And if I need to repent 490 times, I will repent 490 times. But to think that we can do away with the importance of repentance is false. The very first thing that John the Baptist said, John, the Bible says that John came preaching repentance and the baptism for repentance. Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus came preaching repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Paul talks about repentance. Peter talks about repentance. Jude, James, they all talk about repentance because the church no longer preaches repentance. We've got sin on our lives. And we think that we don't longer have to go ahead and repent of the sins that we're doing. We, and it's on a national scale. We think that we don't have to challenge the homosexual. Hey, man, your sin is killing you. It's fast-tracking you for hell. There's a better way to live. But we don't say that anymore because we don't preach about repentance. We've got this false love in the Bible, in the body of Christ now, that says uh, there's no accountability. We just love you. We forgive you. We pat him on the back. Come on in. You know, come as you are. Leave as you are. You don't have to change. That is not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a false gospel. I hear it all the time. Well, that's not love. Understand something. If it ain't truth, it ain't love. Preaching the truth got Jesus killed. Preaching the truth got Paul killed. It got all those guys except John killed. We got to understand this. Love offends the homosexual. Let's talk about the homosexual. God loves him. He loves him just as much as he loves the adulterer, the, the fornicator, the liar, the thief. He loves them all. And yet, if we refuse to tell anybody about their sin that is keeping them from God, that's not love on our part. That's cowardice. 
Either I love you with the truth or I don't love you at all. Jesus told the people, they showed up, John the Baptist called, you generation of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath that is to come? That gospel would get them kicked out of any church today. And yet, it was the love of God that drew them there because they needed to hear the truth. If I let the homosexual, I know the truth. I know that you don't go to hell because you're homosexual. I understand that. But I know that the fact that you are a homosexual reveals the fact to me you are not in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I will tell you the truth. We don't condemn you. We correct you. There's a difference. When I tell you the truth, it's not because I'm trying to condemn you and sentence you to a life apart from God. You've already done that. I am trying to correct you and get you back on the path of righteousness so that you can spend eternity in heaven with the saints of God and with a God that loves you so much that he sent his only son to die for your sins. The greatest sin of the church is that we've changed the gospel. Do you hear me? We've made a love out there that's false, that's not biblical. We've pat people on the back. We don't hold them accountable. They sleep around on Monday. They get back in the pulpit on Tuesday, and they think everything's well. There has to be an accountability. Well, there will be an accountability, but so many people are deceived into think that they're living for God in their carnal natures. We don't know the God of the Bible. That's why I'm telling you what I'm telling you today. The greatest sin of the church is that we changed the gospel. We allowed the hyper-grace gospel to remove repentance from our presentation. We allowed lust and greed to cause us to desire carnal things, which led to a false prosperity. We focused on the God who loves us rather than our duty to love God. We preached the blessings and we neglected the warnings. And ultimately, we left off the word of God. We remade God into what we wanted him to be rather than using the word to reveal to us who he is. Jesus offended his followers by telling them the truth about their sin. That's why in the church today and in the world, there's no conviction. There's no dedication in the church. Why do you think the church is so quiet? Outside of Franklin Graham, who I love dearly, Mario Marillo, wonderful man of God, uh, the guy about the fasting, Jensen Franklin, there's some good folks out there. There's uh, Pastor Riggle over here locally. I mean, there's some really good people. There's Pastor Scott up in Dallas, Dr. Jeffers. There are some people that are standing in their small little minorities that are telling people the truth, but they're not getting any airplay. It's not popular. Let me tell you something. It is not popular to go ahead and tell someone that the prosperity message is false. Yes, God wants you prosperous, but it has its place. My old pastor, John Osteen, used to say all the time, God doesn't mind you having money. He minds money having you. And that's where we've come to in today's society within the church. We've got people building their kingdoms. We've got people building their own their own uh, rich and famous lifestyle and holding on to that money and telling you that God wants you blessed. Well, God wants you alive in the Holy Ghost more than he wants you blessed. He is a God that will bless you. But all of these blessings in the Bible, they're conditional. There's no power in the church because there's no conviction for sin. The Big pastors around town tell you we don't talk about sin in our church. Well, you're right. It's your church. It's not God's church. You need to allow the Holy Spirit his job. And what's his job? To convict the sinner of sin. But if we let people go thinking that there's no sin in their lives, that they're okay, that I'm okay, you're okay, everything's okay, that doesn't do anybody any good. That doesn't honor God. And then when a crisis like this virus comes and we're being lied to and we're being played at every other sentence out of our government, we don't have the guts. We don't have the insight. We don't have the faith. We don't have the Courage to stand against the lies and tell the people the truth. There's no power in today's church in America. That's why God sends his judgments. President Trump, 
President Trump was the goodness of God. Understand this. God didn't give us President Trump because we were we needed a reward because we did good. God sent this President Trump because we were in trouble. He sent him here to correct us. The Bible says the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. You understand that? When God's good to you, it's not because he's patting you on the back for a job well done. He wants your attention because you're doing something wrong and he wants to get your attention so that you will repent and get back on the right course. When we neglect to do that, then he sends a prophet, someone like Jonathan Kahn. And when they rebuke him, when they reject him, when they don't pay attention to what he says, he says, okay, I love you guys. I want you to be in fellowship with me. I'm going to do something else. He sends remedial judgments. What's a remedial judgment? Remedial judgment, 9-11, 9-11. God allowed that to happen to us. The churches got full for a couple of months, a couple of months, and we didn't bother to tell people the truth about our sin, and we went back to our sin, and now the churches are emptying out again. Katrina. Katrina was a storm that n- didn't have any of the characteristics of uh, past storms. It just came, and it did damage, and that was because the United States was forcing Israel to give up the lands in the West Bank. When God wants our attention, he's perfectly capable of using judgments. There's a scripture in Isaiah. Did I write it down? No, is it Isaiah? Yes, Isaiah 26, 9. The Bible says when God's judgments are in the earth, the nations will learn righteousness. Did you hear that? If we won't read our Bibles, if the church will not speak the truth, if we don't receive the warnings from the remedial judgments or the prophets, then God says, I will place my judgments in the earth. But look at this. The reason for those judgments in the earth are so the nations will learn righteousness. Understand this. Yes, he's a God of love, but he's also a God of truth. His desire is that none perish, but that all come to repentance and the knowledge of the truth. He loves you. He wants to spend eternity with you. Don't miss out on the opportunity. I'm on Guy out of time. We'll be back next week. God bless y'all. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net.